I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. We've long been aware that underneath the flourishing world of K-pop, there's a dark side. The whole thing is a hush-hush affair, but stories of abuse and exploitation end up finding ways to the surface anyway. We've heard of the strict diet regimes and the bizarre rules like no dating, no social media, and no phones. But sometimes the price of fame and glamour is heftier than that. Think slave contracts, misogyny, suppression of sexual identities, mental harassment, surveillance. And it all comes out in the open once again, thanks to a boy band who was speaking up against the abuse and exploitation. Just some weeks back, Omega X, the 11-member K-pop band formed by Spire Entertainment that is known for hits like Love Me Like, Play Dumb, had held a press conference at the Seoul Bar Association in Soko, spilling details of verbal, physical, and sexual abuse allegations against their former CEO Kang Song Hee. The band members have gone ahead and sued their management agency to get their contracts terminated, and the first hearing of this case is due tomorrow. While CEO Kang resigned last month, in a recent phone interview with the New York Times, she denied all the allegations. In fact, she claimed that she took care of them like a mother. Now, whether the allegations are true or not, in this particular case, it's hardly the first time that K-pop artists have described facing abuse in the industry. I mean, sure, it is rare for artists to publicly talk about it because they are scared of violating contracts. But in 2018, the East Light, a band formed by Media Line Entertainment, Claimed that they were frequently assaulted during rehearsals. Then actress Yo So Young, a former member of the band After School, has also spoken up about facing sexual abuse in the industry. There are a few more of such cases. You think K-pop is such a tremendous asset to South Korea's cultural economy, right? But what makes the K-pop industry so vulnerable to exploitation and abuse? As a Cosmopolitan article aptly puts it, a big issue seems to be that K-pop artists are not just artists. They are also employees in the companies which own these bands, and these artists are signed up sometimes when they are as young as 12 or 13 years old. So, in a sense, it starts off on an unequal footing. Perhaps South Korea will tighten its labor laws as more such incidents come to light. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan, and this is the deep dive for 6 December 2022. Big tech companies have too much power, and many countries have been looking to clip their wings. From antitrust laws to regulations, governments are trying to rein them in. Now, some governments want them to pay up for content. So here's the deal: Canada wants these companies to pay one billion Canadian dollars, or 750 million dollars, annually to its artistic community. The country has even introduced a bill in the lower house, awaiting passage in the upper house and royal assent. Canada has also launched a different set of laws in April 2022 to force businesses like Meta and Alphabet's Google to pay news media companies for access to their content as part of its efforts to support local content creators. But it's not just news. Canada also wants to alter the algorithms on platforms like YouTube and Netflix to highlight more regional content. And according to a Wall Street Journal report. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, approves of this action. Is it only in Canada, though? No, other countries are following suit. In fact, 
Australia's government passed a historic law last year requiring Google and Facebook to reach agreements in which the companies are compelled to reimburse media organizations for news on their respective platforms. And reportedly, it has been a success. As per recent statements made by Australia's Treasury, news networks have managed to sign more than 30 contracts that pay them for news that is shared on Google and Facebook. The report also appears to suggest that these agreements have made it possible for news organizations to hire more journalists and make other beneficial investments. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, or the ACCC, was even advised by the Treasury to extend the code to other platforms in light of the code's success. Similarly, New Zealand is also drafting legislation that would make Meta and Google pay for news, following the lead of Australia and Canada. As cited by Reuters, Willie Jackson, the Minister of Broadcasting in New Zealand, stated on Sunday that he hopes the legislation will be structured after the laws in Australia and Canada. He also hopes this legislation will serve as an incentive for the online platforms to strike agreements with local news organizations. But of course, Google and Facebook vehemently opposed Australia's plans to compel big tech pay for news. So much so that the two companies even temporarily banned all news from their platforms in the nation until the government agreed to make some changes to the code. Now, this kind of an approach for regulating big tech is very different from tried-and-true methods of strict legislation, strict regulation, or antitrust action. Plus, it seems like this is more of a unique and effective strategy so far. Take into account the US, which has been planning to introduce antitrust legislations against major tech companies for quite some time. However, antitrust laws haven't always been effective. Even for India, the central government began frantic discussions about regulating big tech's data collection and usage policies back in August. And according to reports, the discussions also involved paying a fine for going against the suggested behavioral norms. But it isn't just the Australian government or the Canadian government. Big tech companies are currently dissatisfied with any new set of rules from any country. However, these strict laws have been largely ineffective. Major tech companies consistently manage to dodge such cases. For instance, Financial Express reports that Google was found guilty for offering Apple, Samsung, and some telecom companies billions of dollars to keep their search engines as the default choice for their phones. Additionally, Big tech companies manage to acquire smaller tech companies, stifling competition and innovation. And well, it's no secret that big tech platforms presently control the majority of content delivery, which gives them tremendous power. Perhaps that's why I think Canada and New Zealand are looking to take back the power from big tech companies. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Shorburi and Manasuni. Edited by Shorburi and Venkatanand, mastered and mixed by Ajay Rajput. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.